My name is Hemish Alangaratne, and I'm the founder of RX Group and the host of Let's Talk Quality. Let's Talk Quality is a podcast aimed at quality assurance professionals in pharma and biotech. Join us to learn from some of the best QA leaders around the world and hear how they've developed their careers as they provide some practical insights into how they've got to the top of their field. Our mission is to shine a light on what good quality assurance really means for pharma and biotech. What impact does it really have on the patient? We want to explore some of the biggest challenges facing the sector and inspire the next generation of quality assurance leaders to continue to help bring safer and better quality therapies to patients. Welcome to season one. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, Bishali. Um, before um, before we get into it, um, we've got Vishali Shukla on the uh, show today. She is the VP of Global Manufacturing Quality for Kite Pharma. Um, Vishali, thanks for joining us. Um, do you want to give the listeners just a quick overview of um, who you are, your role, and, and remit, and a, a bit about your background? Absolutely, absolutely, um, absolutely, Hamish, and um, thanks for having me. Um, it's truly been an honor to be here, and uh, I'm excited to share some insights um, and engage in great conversation. Um, so just a little bit about me. Um, I'm originally from Boston, and currently I live in LA near Kite headquarters. Um, and um, from my educational background, I have um, three master's degrees um, and a PhD um, in pharmaceutical science um, in the field of cell and gene therapy. Um, but um, I, I must say that uh, my real education um, came um, with gradually increasing my responsibility. Um, so I started uh, working at BioWest. At that one was actually my first um, um, autologous uh, manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I started working as a QA specialist. Um, then I moved to um Millennium, which is now Takeda, as in, and I worked there in multiple different um, uh, modalities, multiple different um, forms, you know, you name it, it's a small molecule, um, lyophilized, antibody drug conjugate, um, peptide. So I got the opportunity and I was really um, fortunate enough to learn quite a lot there. And then um, I moved to Shai, which is now Takeda as well, worked in due diligence integration um, as a PQL as well, um, and um, then moved to Unicure as the GXP head of global quality. Um, so I was responsible for the entire quality of that organization. And now I'm the head of um, global quality manufacturing organization here at Guide. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so throughout my career, you know, I have... Um, I, I, made, I made a point, you know, to constantly uh, listen and learn, uh, which I think is very important as you work your way up, um, you know. So it's it's just about um, bringing um, those diverse experience with me um, and as I progress in my uh, leadership role. Yeah. You've got such a diverse background. And so we're going to talk uh, talk about a lot of things today. But I suppose to start with, you're a leader of global, you know, in a global operation. Um, what have been some of the biggest challenges that you've faced in in the course of your career, over the, especially over the last three, you know, three or four years, um, with a particular focus, I guess, on managing such a huge group, you know, 500 plus people and multi- across multiple countries? Um, what, have, what have the biggest challenges been? 
Yes, yeah, no, that's a really a great question. Um, leading um, a large team of employees across various countries, um, it can be both challenging and rewarding. And especially um, the last three years, no one would have prepared for that <laughs> last three years. Uh, we had gone through, um, especially um, because of pandemic. So there was a sudden shift um, to remote work um, and that that was a curveball, um, you know, pandemic, no one was prepared and um, um, we had to pretty adopt um, to our operations um, because many people um, were working from home and, but uh, when you are in manufacturing, you need to be on site. Um, so uh, to maintain, um, you know, the team cohesion uh, without having that luxury of that face-to-face -face interaction. Um, so in on top of that, um, you have to navigate through regulatory uncertainties. Mm -hmm. um, that also added another layer of complexity, rules, regulations, and the requirements related to also pandemic were changing quite often. Um, so uh, in general also, we have to stay um, agile in our compliance strategies. Um, so that was um, the pandemic period. But in, in general, uh, when you are managing your global team, um, I think um, ensuring um, effective collaboration uh, across various time zones, and um, not only the time zones, but also cultures is um, very crucial. And, um, you know, you have to be prepared for unexpected hurdles like pandemic we had or any unexpected hurdle when you are in a manufacturing world. Um, so I, I would say, um, uh, and also during the pandemic, I must say that it was um, um, really, uh, we, um, People who were working in my organization, uh, since we do the manufacturing in-house and they had to be on site. Yeah. Um, and um, it, it, it was difficult. I mean, it was not an easy thing. So um, in how we all as an industry in the healthcare, um, we came uh, out of uh, the pandemic. Um, that was not easy for any organization. So um, especially for people who are working on site and healthcare workers. Um, so I think uh, we owe all of them a um, debt of gratitude, how they came out and how they managed and how they were resilient and also adaptable to all the changes and hurdles. Mm, yeah, I mean, as you know, I'm based in the UK and so I'm of always dealing with the, you know, I try to focus on the East Coast, um, but in drag west. So I'm, I'm, I know how it feels to be dealing with uh, with such time differences uh, after eight hours, but you're, you're dealing with um, international time differences, which must be a completely different game. So you're you're around the clock 24 hours almost, I'd imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's difficult sometimes, you know, to manage yeah. when you have um, Asia, which is completely different time zone, and yeah. then you have Europe, and then you know, now you are, I'm in California, which is yeah. which you know, through us all uh, all over the place. Um, yeah. And managing and finding that time um, yeah. is, is also very important when everyone is awake. And then I suppose with regards to the different jurisdictions and, and geographies, as, we, as we're on that, Topic and, and especially when it comes to staying relevant um, with the guidelines, how how do you how do you prepare for changes and stay relevant with so, so many different um, geographies and regulations and, and, and guidance that is constantly evolving? Absolutely, and uh, well, you know, um, 
staying in, on top of um, the guideline across different jurisdictions. Um, and then since the technology is improving and how we are working, it's not just one country. You are a majority of the countries are going in different countries and technology made it um, even possible and simpler for us to work, but it's very important for then you need to um, be uh, understand about the requirements from different jurisdiction, you know? Um, yeah. So um, it's all about, um, I would say, um, especially in my role, leading a team um, mm. that's really agile and well-connected globally. Um, so it's 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 all about um, building a robust network of uh, local experts because you cannot be an expert in every jurisdiction. Um, so I have individuals who are at different sites and they are like my um, eyes and ears on the ground, right? Um, yeah. They help me understand um, the nuances of each jurisdiction. Um, so and, and and as a team, um, we also analyze trends. Um, we attend um, industry forums. Um, and of course, um, you have to maintain a really strong rapport with um, the regulatory agencies as well. Yeah. Um, and, and I must say, you know, flexibility is a key, right? You know, um, when um, you are working with different jurisdictions, and it's like having a playbook that that is always ready for edits. It's just a, like a live document, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I must say, it's it's not a smooth sailing. Yeah. Um, but being proactive um, and having a, a a strategy for your responses uh, would help you navigate all these stretch sentences. You know? Yeah. And, it, and in my team, I, we have a a mindset where um, because we are working in multiple different, um, uh, not only um, just the uh, time zone, but countries and um, different jurisdictions. So requirements, regulations. So the mindset what we bring is the act locally, but think globally. Okay. And that's the vision of my yeah. organization. Okay. Yeah. So that helped us actually harmonize yeah. the processes and also um, you know, engage the entire network where we create that one team quality approach. So yeah, that your point around um being well connected with your people, I suppose, is really important at your level because it's you know it's a difficult task to stay completely up to date on so many different jurisdictions. So having your key people in the different areas, staying close to them, being well connected in that area, obviously facilitates your learning as well. Um, I'd imagine. Um, absolutely, absolutely, yes, yeah. Um, I want to talk about a bit about cell therapy, um, the world of cell therapy. Um, obviously, a very um, you know uh, huge area, fast growing area. That's that's. Um, Going from you know, hopefully going from strength to strength. Um, I was at the Facilitate Advanced Therapies Week conference last week. Some really exciting positivity about the industry. Um, it's and it's still a relatively grey area in, in some respects. But how do you go about balancing um, compliance versus the innovation side of things? Um, as technology is always evolving, how do you ensure that you and your team are ready for? For change and 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 um, yeah, how do you balance that that compliance versus innovation? Absolutely, yes, yeah, and especially with the cell therapy. I mean, you have no one would have predicted that the way it is growing right now. Um, we haven't it, for five years ago or six years ago. It it wasn't there, but then the moment in 2017, once the first um, cell therapy drug got approved here in the US, um, 
you the number of uh, companies now working on cell therapy it's 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 a lot it's increasing every day um so i i would say i mean you know in the realm of um, cell therapy it's a delicate balance between compliance and innovation um i think you need to be adaptable and um you need to be ready um for any changes that is the key that's the must um, um and you see i i believe compliance is our safety net um you know it's it's the foundation mm. uh, that would keep us a study which is a must um but i would say you know innovation is our wings um it's 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 what propels us forward so that is um, also you have to be open for that yeah yeah yeah, I, yeah. And then I believe in constant learning, you know, that that is vital. Um, mm-hmm. We, especially in cell therapy, um, we, yeah. Keep a, yeah, we keep a close eye on emerging technologies. Um, and, and, and I think it's important to stay curious also. Good, yeah. I agree. I think it's, it's, it's such a fine balance between compliance and innovation in that area. And, and, you know the the i suppose the concept around too being too rigid is 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 important you can't you can't be you can't be too rigid and you need to be able to balance that 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 risk versus innovation in a in a, in a finely tuned way and it i suppose it takes a lot of experience um, it, it does it does and especially in cell therapy you know if a new process so the technology is changing constantly yeah. so if something comes um you should be able to make that informed decision swiftly Mm. um so so and then that's what i do in my leadership also you know i believe in um leading by example um mm. and i and i try to show the team yeah um uh, you know that embracing innovation doesn't mean you're compromising your compliances yeah um, yeah, yeah exactly it's a great point from a global biotech perspective um i'm interested to hear to talk about this because um M&A is obviously a key strategy. Um, and from a leadership perspective, when you go through that change or go through an M&A, how do you, how do you go about managing that change? It's such a huge, you know, huge change for, you, for the people. Um, what's, what's key and how have you gone about managing change? Yes, yeah, no, and it's becoming very common right now, in, especially in today's uh, um, world. Um, there are lots of mergers and acquisitions happening. Um, and in my previous role at um, Shire, which is not Akira, I had the experience uh, uh, working through multiple due diligence, multiple mergers and acquisitions. At that time, Shire was acquiring like multiple companies. Um, so I have gained a really valuable experience there um, yeah. in navigating those complex transitions. And I, and I think focusing on ensuring that seamless integration of processes, um, also addressing challenges heads on, um, and um, in, in, in fostering a cohesive work culture is very, very important. Um, so so in, in my you know experience, what I have found that um, clear communication um, is also very essential. Um, you know, you, as, especially as the leaders, you need to articulate the why, you know, behind any merger or acquisition. Um, you know, you need to ensure that everyone uh, who is involved understand that broader vision. Um, because I, I always 
believed in that open door policy, I think it's really important uh, for the team members to feel heard. Um, in is when you are working, you know, uh, the cultural in integration is another thing, which I think is very very important. Um, you need to learn um, in um, to understand and respect the existing culture, because now you are, they are existing, the one you have, and now you are bringing another culture from the company you are acquiring. Yeah. Um, so you have to foster that kind of the smoother transition. And mm -hmm. one more thing I must say, um, that transparency also plays a very big role. Yeah. So I know you can't share everything, uh, but sharing information as much as possible uh, would help you alleviate that uncertainty people have mm. you know and um, in, in, in i also learned that you know through the times um it's important for you to be present yeah and you have to really lead with empathy and also that you need to recognize yeah. um, that the change can be challenging for people you know, it's it's not just about logistics. It's not just about hey, we acquired this company, but it's also about um, nurturing that positive and inclusive culture. Yeah, yeah. I think you you, you hit the nail on the head around that. You know, an M and A is a change. It's it's the, it's a, a big version of any change in in any company. So key leadership, you know, the key leadership traits such as communicating the why, the vision. Um, you know, being empathetic and, and during that time, being a being present, excellent communication throughout that period. You know, all of the all the key things for any company going through change sounds like it's a something that you know when you that you you integrate, you're implementing in 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 that period. So, I think that's good advice for anyone in in big pharma or global biotech that is going through that. Where you know there are, there obviously is a a fair amount of activity, which is which is good and positive. Um, so. Um, let's talk a bit about quality assurance um, mm -hmm. and, and quality in particular. How, how do you think quality has evolved um, over the years and, and um, how, how, how have you personally adapted to changes in, 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 in the last, you know, five, ten years or so? Because it's, it's evolving so quickly. Yes, yeah, no, and I have been in the industry for more than two decades. So, yes, um, you know, it's uh, just navigating through this evolving landscape of quality. I, I mean, it's 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 been quite a journey. Mm. Um, uh, over the years, what I've seen as a big shift, um, um, how and especially in how we define and achieve quality. Um, in the beginning, it, it it had clear steps. You follow the guidelines. You stick to GMP. Um, but now it's different. You know, it's it's. A, constant evolution your guidelines shifts um you have just to give you an example atmp guidelines so europe had now usa is having you know uh, fda has their own so these guidelines they shift is and technology also advances right um right. so we need to be adaptable it's it's about um, um staying agile um and uh, we have got to foster that um culture of um, always getting better hmm. you know yeah. the, the technology or the right now the cure or the treatment um we are changing we are improving um so also it's about um, staying nimble as well you know hmm. keeping your team engaged 
um, you have to learn from every shift uh, in the industry. Um, and when uh, so I'm talking more from the quality standpoint. So quality, I think it's it's like a living entity um, yeah. here. here. Um, so you need to be ready to adopt any um, new scenarios. Uh, it, it's that keeps us ahead, right? Mm. Um, it's an ongoing. It is. I would say it's an ongoing process um, of learning and um, fine tuning our approaches and what we do in quality. Um, so, in my opinion, it's um, staying agile and be prepared for new challenges. Um, so it's, it's a journey of evolution, and I think um, it's fascinating to work in um, this time and in this industry. Yeah, brilliant. Um, very well put. Um, and the, this, I was going to ask you, uh, and you've kind of touched on it a bit there, but what was sort of what the key for anyone that's going through their leadership career journey in quality? Um, you know, then and they might be on their path to director, VP, whatever it may be. What are the key skills, pillars that you've lent on throughout your career to get to where you are now? Certainly, certainly. Um, in, in my role, actually, what I have found is um, good communication is the key. Um, you know, it's 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 all about, um, especially when you work in the big organization, you work with leaders. Um, I have, um, you know, the leaders who have, in my organization, who have years of experience. Um, so it's working with them. It's about clearly laying out your expectations, um, guiding the team, leveraging their experience, um, and also making sure everyone is on the same page. You know, um, so in one of the biggest thing which I say um, for me, uh, leadership um, to me is all about collaboration as well. Mm-hmm. It's it's about uh, bringing people together. Um, and uh, valuing diverse ideas and, and also fostering the culture of innovation, especially in my industry. You know? And one more thing in cell therapy, I think it's very, very important on an ATMP world, uh, which might not be as important as uh, in the other uh, conventional manufacturing, but especially in the cell therapy and ATMP, is that technically know-how. Mm. Um, is also very important. And, um, you know, let's not forget the importance of continuous learning. Yeah. Um, learning never stops. Um, you have to be resilient. Um, that helps us, you know, tackle um, any challenges we have. Um, so it's, it, it's a mix. It's the mix of um, things like adoptability, mm. uh, passion for innovation, um, and commitment to qualities. Um, I think I, I, in my opinion, I think are the key elements, and these qualities have been real game changer for me. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, we're gonna get on to some of the quick fire questions to cap off the conversation, which I think has been re- really, really good, and I think a lot of people will take some really good tips and practical advice um, in their careers. Um, this is very, I suppose this is similar to, to what you've just um, answered, but if you were to summarize and um, give one piece of advice to future uh, quality leaders, what, what would it be? Yes, um, I, I would say great quality leaders, you know, they build a culture where everyone collaborates. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I never see um, quality as a rule policy, you know, um, mm. and uh, Great quality leaders are eager to learn. 
Um, so my advice to future leaders would be to stay adoptable, mm -hmm. um, keep up with the industry changes, and be resilient. Excellent. Um, who's been your biggest inspiration in, in your career and or life? Well, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in my career, actually, um, majority of my managers, they were my mentors. They helped me tremendously. And um, they were my champions, majority of them. Um, so, and their guidance actually left a lasting impact on how I approach um, um, to leadership, you know. Um, but outside of work, I would say it's my daughter um, who motivates me to strive for, um, you know, excellence, um, not only in my personal, but also in my professional life. Nice, very nice. Um, other question: What gets you up in the in the morning? Uh, yes, yeah. You, you know, working in this industry is is always like I said, you know, challenging, but it's more rewarding. Um, so, what motivates me every morning is um, it's an is the opportunity to make a positive impact as a leader, um, whether it's uh, overcoming challenges or. Um, fostering innovations, or, or, or helping my team succeed. Brilliant. That's a great way to finish the conversation, um, Michelle. I think, as I said, that's been such a useful conversation. I really enjoyed talking to you and, and, and getting to know you. And I think um, there's some, uh, you know, as always, there's some great advice um, for the people in the, uh, at any stage in their career. So thanks so much for, for coming on and thanks for giving, giving us the, um, the time. Um, if people have... Uh, any questions or would like to pick your brain on on certain topics? Um, is LinkedIn the best way to contact you? Or the other? Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, if um, anyone has any questions and they would like um, any guidance working in this industry, um, absolutely, um, they can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Good, brilliant. Well, um, thanks so much. Um, we had a few technical issues at the start, but hopefully this is all <laughs> all run smoothly and um, and all's good. So, um, yeah, thanks again, Michelle, and. Um, yeah, we'll speak soon. Yes, yeah. No, thanks for having me on the show, Hamish. Uh, um, this is it's been a fantastic conversation. So I appreciate the opportunity to share my thoughts. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for joining. Thanks. Thank you for listening to today's show. I hope that you got value from it, whether you're starting your career in quality or if you're at the top of your field. Today's episode was brought to you by RX Group. I'm the founder of RX Group. We are a pharma and biotech recruitment organization focusing purely on quality assurance. We recruit consultants and senior level permanent quality professionals into the pharma and biotech industry. If we can support you, whether that be in a hiring capacity or if you yourself are looking for work, please get in touch with me on LinkedIn. Visit our LinkedIn page where you can subscribe to the podcast and visit our website www.rx-group.io to find out more about us. See you soon.